Welcome to the Healing Journeys Today podcast. Today we've got an amazing message of hope and healing just for you. God's Word never returns to Him void, so let this message sink deep into your heart so that you can walk out your complete healing journey today. Hey, good morning everyone. This is Mike Hesh with Healing Journeys Today. Uh, thank you so much for joining me. Um, uh, one other thing I did want to mention was, I don't know if you've been uh, going to the channel and checking out The Journey. The Journey is a, um, it's an, it's a live interview with Julianne Hartman and a special guest. And uh, those special guests have all had miraculous healings. In other words, they've all received the healing that God has provided for them in Christ. And she's sharing, uh, she's going in depth with them in these interviews and uh, you won't want to miss them because there's so many good nuggets of truth that these people are sharing how God spoke and ministered to them through his word to help them receive and uh, to embrace what Christ has already done for you and for me and for them and so I want to encourage you to uh, check that out you won't be disappointed you'll be blessed I've uh, I've been blessed. Everyone has been awesome. And it's really helped me because it helps me to see, see, God is no respecter of persons. Whatever truth anyone else receives, if I receive that truth, I'm going to receive the same fruit that they received. It's a law. God set it up that way. His truth produces freedom. So if you sow his truth into you, the fruit you're going to receive is freedom. That's an awesome truth, and it's an awesome principle that's active in your life today. So the Lord's put something on my heart, and uh, I don't know if you've looked at the title of the class that we are, are the teaching we're going to uh, be going into today, is um, uh, finding freedom from fear and anxiety. You know, I think, you know, the Bible tells us that sudden fear comes to all of us. So, you know, you might have somebody pull out in front of you in their car, and uh, that's going to raise some kind of fear in you for a moment, you know. Uh, and uh, But once the car goes, you don't hit, then you have a sense of relief. In other words, the fear hasn't remained. But in many of us uh, that have been challenged with fear, that fear is like constantly on a back burner. It's constantly there. And uh, the slightest thing comes up will cause us to start having thoughts of fear. And uh, when you've had fear long enough or uh, intensely enough, it becomes anxiety. In other words, it's, I think of anxiety as systemic fear. In other words, it's something that is throughout your, not only your thoughts, but it's, it's in your entire being. You feel it on your fingers. You feel it in your toes. Uh, you don't have to have, hear or see something. You just have this uh, feeling going on in you. How many of you are relating to what I'm saying? And uh, I struggled with uh, fears and uh, I didn't know how to get set free from them. And uh, I want to start off reading a scripture that you are familiar with, if you've ever been challenged with this. And it's in 1 John chapter 4. And uh, let me flip there, and I'll read it 
uh, with you. I encourage you to follow along if you can, or just listen. And you can. The beauty about these uh, these live streams is you can go back and watch them several times, and uh, follow along with your Bible at your own pace. And I like that. That's awesome for me too. So in First uh, John chapter four, verse eighteen, it says, "There is no fear in love." But perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. You know, the first time I read that, I had mixed feelings about it. Because it makes this statement, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear. And it says, he that feareth is not made perfect in love. So automatically, because I was so legalistic, uh, thinking in my mind, everything had to, you know, be perfectly in order. Um, I was condemned by that statement because I knew I had fear. So I felt like, wow, I'm not perfected in love. Is there something wrong with me? How many of you felt that way? Well, I, if I could see, I would imagine many hands went up out there that are listening. And uh, I felt like uh, because I had fear, I was not perfected in love. And I began to feel condemned about that. Not only having fear, but now being condemned. And everyone I talked to about fear would just tell me, oh, you just need to understand the love of God. If you'll receive the love of God, then that fear will just go away. The Bible says, perfect love casts out fear. How many of you has that worked for? Let me give you a minute to think. You still got fear present? Still feeling anxious? You might even be anxious right now about your anxiety. You might even be anxious about what I'm telling you. So has knowing that God loves you set you free? Well, I, this is for me. I'm just sharing with me. I knew that God loved me because the word said that God so loved the world. I'm part of the world. That God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believes on him should not perish but have everlasting life. So I knew that I had received everlasting life because I had believed on Jesus. But it wasn't changing the fear that I had in my heart, in my mind, in my thinking, in my, in my actions. So I struggled with that. When people would say that about the love of God, it, it challenged my heart. And, uh, you know, even pre, let me read up here. Uh, it says here in uh, same chapter, First uh, John 4, it makes this statement. It says, um, Beloved, let us love one another, for God is of love, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. So that, that raised the bar a little bit higher on me. I was feeling even challenged about that now because, uh, um, let me just get that sticker off there for you guys. And uh, so I was, I was challenged even more because now I was thinking, wait a minute, if I had fear, then that means I'm not perfected in love and does that mean that I don't really know God? Because it says, he that knoweth not, 
he that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. And, and I thought to myself, wait a minute, no, that can't be true. Because it says, uh, verse 10, it says, herein is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us. So I found some assurance in that, yes, God loves me. But how am I responding to that love is what I was thinking. And then it goes on down, let's see, verse 16 says, And we have known and believed that uh, believe the love that God hath towards us. God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. Now that challenged me again, because I'm thinking, wait a minute, if love casts out fear, and I still have fear, then this verse says, uh, God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. Now, you can see, I'm not trying to confuse anyone, honestly. I'm just trying to relate to you the thoughts that I was having when I was told, hey, it's no problem. Just, just accept that God loves you, and you'll be free from uh, the fear. And, you know, there's truth in that statement, but it didn't affect my heart. It didn't bring freedom from the fear or the anxiety. And so I, I didn't give up because I know that God's word is truth. And when you embrace truth, you find freedom. So uh, this went on for many years, me searching and, and seeking uh, freedom from that. And I, I, I'm sure I'm relating to many of you out there who have sought to be free from fear. And then one day I was reading and I was reading on and, and uh, I'm trying to figure out what is this love that that's this love of God that will uh, free me from fear and anxiety. And one day I was reading uh, in First uh, John 5 verse 3, I read this and it says, for this is the love of God, that we keep his word, and his word is not grievous. Wow, that really helped me. Now I had something tangible that I could see that the love of God is. Okay, that was very important to me. Okay, so it says, whoso keepeth his word. Wait, how's it worded here? It says, for whosoever is, I'm sorry. For this is the love of God. In other words, it's going to define for me what love is. So what is love? It says that we keep his word and his word is not grievous. Wow, that really helped me because now I was beginning to understand God was leading me to truth to know that his love is me uh, keeping or doing his word. That's what it says here, that we keep his word. So I'm thinking now, wait a minute, if I walk in, if I want to know what God's love is, it's connected to his word. So I need to not only just know his word, but I have to walk in it. See, whenever we hear keeping the commandments, or uh, um, obeying the word, or uh, keeping the law. Many times, if you're like I was, uh, we hear something that is a work or performance on our part that's required of us to do 
to get something from God. Well, Jesus settled that issue long ago. So if you're born again in Christ, Christ has fulfilled the law, the word, the commandment. He's done all of that, and it's been credited to our account. In other words, we are complete in him, as it says in Colossians. So when it says that, uh, for this is the love of God that we keep his word, it's not a performance. What it's saying is, and listen, listen carefully, what it's saying is, is it's his love is in that word. So if we're, if we're not keeping that word, then we're not experiencing his love. But if we're keeping or doing or obeying or walking in that word, then we're going to be walking in his love. Do you know when it says God is love, do you realize that God and his word are one? They're inseparable. In, in, uh, in fact, God exalts his word, it says in Psalms 138.2, above his own name. That's how, that's how important the word is even to our Father because when he spoke the word, it was a law. When he spoke the word, it was a commandment. When he spoke the word, it was truth. When he spoke the word, it was life. Uh, I wrote, jotted down some scriptures that, uh, if you'll permit me, I'm just going to read them uh, from my notes. I'm not actually going to turn there. But in uh, Psalms 119, verse 105, it says, Thy word is a, is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. So what is the word? It's a lamp and a light. In Proverbs chapter 6, it makes the same statement. It says that the commandment is a lamp and the law is a light. So if, if the word is a lamp and a light and the commandment is a lamp and a light, then a commandment and the word are the same thing. Isn't that awesome? Simple, but true. It says, Jesus said in John 6, 63, that the word is spirit and life. Wow. So now we have the word being a lamp, a light, a commandment, a law. Uh, did I say spirit and life? And then in John 17, verse 17, it says the word is truth. Wow, isn't that awesome? So when it says in uh, 1 John 5, 3, that uh, for this is the love of God that we keep his word and his word is not grievous. Why is his word not grievous? Well, I'll tell you why. Because it's a lamp, it's a light, it's a law, it's spirit, it's life, it's truth. Are any of those things grievous? No, not one of them. In fact, if we live in all of those uh, terms that I just used to describe the word, we're, we're experiencing the abundant life. And do you know what's not in the word? Fear. Fear and anxiety is not a fruit that the word of God will ever produce. Ever. Because it's incapable. See, every seed reproduces after its own kind. And fear can only produce more fear. Anxiety can produce only more anxiety, but truth only produces truth. The word only produces light. The word is only a lamp unto your feet. The law is a light. The law is a lamp. They're not something that are, are, are uh, 
going to bring harm or uh, withhold anything in our life. It'll never do that because it can't produce something that's not in it. But fear can only produce more fear. And anxiety can produce only more anxiety. So uh, I can see we're going to not be able to finish all of what's on my heart today. So you'll have to stay tuned next week. But I'm going to get as far as I can today. So think about this for a moment. That uh, John said here, I'm going to read it again. For this is the love of God that we keep his word and his word is not grievous. So what makes the word not grievous? See, as I just said, if you're living in the word and it's grievous to your heart, in other words, if you think that, wow, getting to the word is so hard, it's like, wow, I just can't do what the word says, then the enemy has deceived you in a way where you're thinking God's word is grievous. It's not. See, the enemy has given you the wrong view of what the word is actually saying. The enemy has tricked you into thinking that the word is obligating you to something that you are not able to do or that is difficult for you. That's not true. That's a lie from the enemy. In fact, go with me to Psalms 19. This is a beautiful psalm. And uh, I want to I encourage you all to read the entire psalm, but I'm just going to read a few verses in it that will bless you, and it will expound or explain this point about the law. Whenever I, whenever I read the word, and I see the word law, commandment, statute, I always just look at it as the word of God, because the word of God is all of that. It's law, it's judgment. You know, I just went over that with truth. Go back and listen to all the references that I gave to you, showing that the Whenever it uses the word law, you can, you can freely exchange the word, uh, the the word law for the word, the word. Okay, so I'm going to read it that way. The word of the Lord is perfect. Now, what kind of love casts out fear? Perfect love. So the word is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony or the word or the witness of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. I'm, I'm reading from Psalms 19, verse 7. Verse 8, the statutes or the word of the Lord is right, rejoicing the heart. See, if you're what you're reading is not rejoicing your heart, you're either lacking revelation of the context in which it's expressing it. In other words, you're not understanding clearly why it's saying what it's saying or or understanding what is being said, or the enemies, like with me, the enemy had deceived me with legalism, performance-based thinking to where everything I read, I was thinking, oh no, I got to do one more thing to please God. And that's simply not true. Jesus Christ fulfilled the word, the law, the statute, the commandment. He fulfilled all of that for you and I. And so what we're in the word for is to learn how to walk in that completeness that he already accomplished for you and me. Isn't that awesome? And it's very simple, like it says here, uh, 
uh, like it says, making wise the simple. Uh, where was I? Uh, the statutes or the word of the Lord is right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment or the word of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. You know, there's nothing adulterated about the word of God. So if you're reading something and you're feeling like it's uh, a burden or it's terrible or, oh, I don't know if that's good for me, then you're not really hearing what the Spirit is ministering through the word that you are reading because it wouldn't be ministering that to you because it's pure and it enlightens your eyes it doesn't bring darkness or confusion isn't that wonderful it says that the fear of the lord is clean enduring forever see there's a fear that's good and that fear is to respect or reverence god above any other thought coming into your mind you know what fear that brings terror or torment to your heart and mind, which I'm going to talk about in a minute here. The fear that brings torment or terror to your heart is not, well, technically it is. It's respecting what the devil says to you through his thoughts that come into your mind that generate the fear. You're reverencing that over what the Word of God is actually saying. Now, I'm going to explain that in greater detail uh, to bring out the simplicity in that statement because that's that's something that was quickened to my heart and is simple truth in all of God's Word and when you lay hold on that then you'll find fear running from you it won't be hanging around because it knows that you know the truth of the Word and the power that is in that Word you're receiving so it goes on to say, the fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments or the word, uh, the words of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. You know, Jesus said, thy word is truth. So if his word is truth, then judgments are truth. Not just judgments in general, like judgments that the enemy speaks against us that produce condemnation. No, judgments of the Lord are true. And righteous altogether. Now listen to this. It says, More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also uh, than the honey and the honeycomb. Wow. Look at the promise. See, if you're not, if you're reading the word and you're not receiving the sweetness, and you're not re receiving something that produces a good taste in your mouth where you desire more, then there's the, the enemy is mixed something else in there that isn't part of truth. It's part of fear. It's part of a lie. And remember what Jesus said in John 8. He said, the devil is a liar from the beginning. There is no truth in him. He's a murderer and he does not abide in the truth. He abides in lies. So if you're not having that good taste in your mouth from the word, then what's happening? Well, the enemies mix something else in there. Think about this. Think of a favorite food that you have. Like, uh, I don't know. Uh, I had oatmeal this morning. I love oatmeals with blueberries and nuts in it. And um, you know what? If I was to take something else, like let's say uh, a tablespoon of salt, and I would put that inside my oatmeal, something that was very good to me now would not be savory at all. 
it would be, oh, I can't eat that. It's terrible. Okay. Yeah. Or another favorite food that, uh, that you might have. Just think of that. If you put an ingredient on your favorite food that tastes terrible, it's going to affect how the whole meal that tastes. Something that's very good with something adulterated or that's not pure added to it is going to ruin the flavor. And that's what this is saying. So if we're, here, if we're reading the Word or studying the Word or hearing what it has to say and, and it's not tasting good to us, when the word says that it's good and it's uh, it tastes like honey and the honeycomb, in other words, it's sweet to the taste, but we're not tasting that, then that means something else has been added to it that doesn't belong there. And it's, it's not enabling us to taste the good savory part of the word because that other bad thing that's been added to it by the devil, a lie, a person, a doctrine, uh, even your pastor at church, uh, if it's not doesn't have that sweetness, then something's been added to it, and it's not the pure word of God. Just a word of caution. But listen to this: we're talking about the commandment is not grievous. In other words, the word of God is not difficult. It's not hard. It's not a burden. It's not grievous. John said. In fact, it says this is the love of God that we keep or we walk in that word. And that word is not grievous. If it was, then the love of God would be grievous. And the love of God says, when we receive that in our heart, it casts out fear. So there has to be a disconnect somewhere. So why is the word not grievous? Well, we've just read that the word, all the wonderful things about the word. But listen to this. When we keep the word, listen to what it says. Moreover, by them is thy servant warned, and in keeping of that word, there is great reward. Wow. So let's put that together with 1 John 5, verse 3. When he says the commandment isn't grievous, or the word is not grievous, it's a manifest. When we keep it, it's a manifestation of God's love in our life. What is he saying? He's saying there's a reward. Or in the New Testament, in Galatians chapter 5, it calls it a fruit. There's a fruit of walking in the Word. And what is that fruit? It's a fruit of the Spirit. Remember Jesus said, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. So when you're walking in the Word, there's going to be a reward or a fruit of love, joy, peace, gentleness, meekness, goodness, temperance, faith. And, and the fruits of those living in your life is going to produce prosperity, success, wholeness, deliverance. Uh, just name the, everything that Jesus provided for us uh, through uh, him offering him, himself for our sins and being raised again. All of that is within you and is released by this word. So... When John said that about, and his word is not grievous, and I, I um, back to the point about fear, when he said that uh, the commandment is, uh, you know, he said, let me just flip back there and read it. He said, and this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not grievous or his word. Uh, for this is the love of God that we keep his word and his word is not grievous. So, 
what was John saying? That was very helpful for me because now I, I had a tangible definition of love. And remember, it says that perfect love casts out fear. And that's what I wanted to do was get that fear out of my life to get rid of it. But it said, now I knew what love was. Love is just simply walking in the word. But then I went back and read 1 John 4, 18. And what did it say? Perfect love casts out fear. Now, I was having trouble just keeping, you know, just having love in my life. And so the enemy used that and spoke to me and said, this is what perfect love is. And per only perfect love casts out fear. And how can you do perfect love when you can't even do regular love? Have any of you ever thought of that? Well, that's what came to me and it tormented my mind thinking, oh no, I can hardly keep the word as it is now and now I got to keep it perfectly? Wow, that was torment. Now, see, that in and of itself, that response to me spoke to me that, wait a minute, there must be a fear present because in the scripture we just read in 1 John 4.18, it says that uh, because fear hath torment. Okay, so I went and I looked that up. Torment, what does torment mean? You know, it's only translated two places in the word. One, it's torment, a place uh, translated as torment here in 1 John 4.18. And the other place that it's translated, it's not translated as torment, but it's translated as punishment. Now think of that. In uh, Matthew 25, where was it? In 2546 of Matthew, it tells us that it is uh, that, let me read it. If you're like me, uh, you got to read it. And uh, I have to read it. You know, uh, I was born in Missouri. And uh, the, the, uh, the saying or the, I don't know what you call it, but they, people from the Missouri, they call Missouri the show me state. And I think that might have got into me when I was a kid because I have to see it. You know, show me from the word. Let me see what the word says. Let me read it for myself. And you know why I like to do that? Because when I read it, the spirit will speak directly to me. But if somebody else speaks it to me, I might hear it a little bit differently. And so I love to just read it myself. I do love listening to others read the word, but uh, I got to see it myself. So listen to what it says here. Jesus is talking about there's two places that people will choose for their final destination. Um, and one is with him in uh, heaven and uh, the other is in a place called hell. And in verse 41, it says, uh, into everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. So I'm not going to go into that now, but God, does, God never prepared that place of hell or everlasting fire. He never prepared it for man. It was prepared for the angels uh, that followed the devil when he departed from God. Okay. He said, that's what I created that for. Now, why did he create that for them? Because God is everywhere. His spirit was everywhere. And, but the devil did not like or want to be part of what God is. 
So when God had to create a place for him to be separate from his spirit, because he did not want to be with God, and nor did the angels that followed him want to be with God. So God, God made a place for them, and that place is not for you and me, but if we reject God's uh, choice for us, then that's uh, the only other place we can go. So listen, that's important to understand this definition. And then in verse 45, he says, Then he answered them, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as you did none of these, uh, did it not to the least of these, you did it not unto me. And these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Now, notice it says everlasting punishment. Now, the word punishment and torment are the exact same Greek word. And if you look it up, it means a pruning, a restraining, or a holding back. So let's let's look and see. Now, when these when people choose to go into this place of everlasting fire, they're going to be withheld, or they're going to be separated from or restrained by their own choosing from any goodness or any manifestation or any part that God has prepared for those that love Him for those who have received his salvation, okay? So they're never gonna be able to partake of that by their own choosing. Now that's exactly the manifestation that fear produces in us. It restrains us or holds us back from receiving all that God has provided for us in Christ. That's why the devil uses thoughts that produce fear in our life. Why? Because they hold us back from embracing the truth that will free us from cooperating with him and perpetuating his evil in this world. So that's the reason that that it says fear has torment. The devil gets us to fear and that fear restrains us or holds us back from walking in the love of God. Okay? Very, very, very important to understand that. Now, we experience, I was saying before that when I was, when I had fear, I experienced an anxiety. I experienced this torment where I felt like the good was out of my reach and I just couldn't get to it. And, and if only I had the good, then I would be okay. And I strove uh, in that and it produced just more fear. And that was the holding back. As long as I was had my, if you'll remember, I taught on a class. I taught one of these live streams, and I mentioned that uh, that uh, the title of that teaching was called uh, "Empty Your Hands." And the reason we need to empty our hands is because you can't hold on to a fear and hold on to the love of God at the same time. You have to empty your hands of fear to hold on to God, but actually it works the opposite. When you grab hold of what the word and the love of God is saying, then fear falls out of your hands because you can't hold on to both at the same time. And that is good news, folks, because it's exactly what the word says here. It says that that when you're perfected in love, then fear is cast out. Isn't that awesome? 
So uh, let me just bring up one more point and I'll finish up with, with that uh, thought here and uh, I'll complete this, uh, this teaching next week. I didn't realize it was going to be divided uh, or really how deep our Father would lead us into this, but these are very good points. Now notice in 1 John 4 verse 18 it says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. So that emphasizes the point. Either you're allowing fear to restrain you from all the good that God has prepared for you in Christ by embracing what fear is telling you, or you're choosing to accept what God's word says, and that is uh, releasing you from fear, and it has no place in your life. In other words, it is cast out. So, I'm going to leave you with that thought, and it is so good knowing that the word that I'm speaking is is uh, is connecting with the hearts that the Father has drawn to listen live, and that's exactly what's happened. If you've tuned in uh, today, uh, it's because your Father has encouraged you that this is something that's going to help you to walk in the victory He's prepared for you. So again, I'm going to pick this up next week. And uh, I want to encourage all of you to, to please tune in again and hear the second part of this uh, live stream. So God bless you. Thank you so much for joining me. God bless you. Have an awesome rest of your day. We hope you got some great nuggets of wisdom out of that teaching. Thank you for listening to the Healing Journeys Today podcast. And don't forget, you can find us live on Facebook and YouTube seven days a week. If you would like to donate, please go to www.healingjourneystoday.com. Isaiah 53.5 says, And by His stripes, we are healed. God bless you.